Gay SA Radio where you are family. I'm Rion and we're talking about the one and only Sher who just released Dancing Queen, a new album filled with ABBA hits. Thanks to her record label, Warner Brothers Records, we got the opportunity to share some of the behind-the-scenes stories about the album. Now this is Sher's 26th studio album and her first in five years following Sher's Closer to the Truth in 2013. The album's title, Dancing Queen, references ABBA's 1976 song with the same name. It follows Sher's appearance in this year's musical form, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, based on the music of legendary group ABBA. While recording Fernando and Super Trooper shortly after the movie, Sher hinted on her Twitter account that she might be releasing an ABBA album. And of course, fans went wild. Finally, here it is. I think the biggest question would be, why did she decide to record an ABBA album? I really have no idea. It, I didn't plan it. I don't know even how I did it. I don't know why I did it. Like everyone's asking like profound, what did you think? I didn't think anything. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how I started it. I just thought one, I thought this might be fun. And I think I even came home and I was talking to Jen, my assistant, and I said, Jen, what do you think if I did a cover album of ABBA? Which sounded stupid as I was saying it. I've never done a cover album of anybody, and ABBA and Cher do not sound like a match made in heaven. But then, I did it. She further states, After forming Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, I was reminded again of what great and timeless songs ABBA wrote. So does this mean that she's an ABBA fan? I remember, you know, Waterloo and 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 um, Mamma Mia and Dancing Queen. But then I saw Muriel's Wedding. And then I was hooked. Then And then I went to see their play three times and loved the whole thing and don't even remember the play, truthfully. I mean, when I saw the movie, I thought this must have been what the play was about. All I remember were, was dancing at the end. But I loved it. I, I took everyone to see it. I had to drag all my friends. They thought I was so uncool. And then they were dancing at the end too. And I saw it in two continents. ABBA's music is absolutely not only unique, but also eternal. So it must have been an incredible experience recording it. Speaking about the experience, Sher says. Well, Mark came kind of with just kind of click tracks, but with some music on it. So I knew what I was doing, but nothing, you know, it was bare. The tracks were bare. So I, you know, put vocals on them. And then, so there were just really the vocals. And then Mark went away and did all the stuff. So I just, you know, he gave me bare bones to sing to. And then he took them away and, and made music. And then I went to England and did some polishing up. And then I actually did some other polishing up because I, there was some stuff on Dancing Queen and uh, Winter Takes It All that I just couldn't get. And it wasn't the highest notes either. I kind of sailed through those. But it was um, a couple of the other parts, not many parts, just about four. So I had to do that, and, and I had to do something in Winter. And I went to New York to do that. And then Mark took it, and Mark just started to put stuff on it, and it was good, you know. 
Despite Dancing Queen receiving acclaim from most music critics, Sheer says the song were harder to sing than she ever imagined. The recording process also did not prove to be an easy one. There were some real difficulties during it, Sheer explains. We've been working and working, and I was in mastering with Stephen, and so he said, I'm going to put all the songs together in order, and you listen to them. And I was interested in how they would go one into another because I thought this might be hard. I hope we've picked the right things. So I get to one of us and I go, this is not the right song. This is not the right one. This is not the right one. So I was calling everybody and, and said, you guys, this is not the right one. We had worked on them so many times. You know, we had different versions, like the A-22 or the A-23 whatever, the one that we wanted, we couldn't find, and it'd been, it was in another, I don't know, everything's so complicated and digital, and I don't understand any of it, so it had got into another file, and I was freaking out, because I only liked the one version, because the others softened it up, and I liked it in its original rough form, not pretty, not perfect, just its rough form. So we found it. An interesting fact about Dancing Queen is that some of the parts of the album were recorded in Sher's bedroom. When asked what that was like, Sher comments. We've done this a lot. Mark is in one room. He sets up the booth in one room, but it's not a booth anymore. It's just a computer and some, you know, some speakers. And then in the next room, you know, we baffle off part of it and got the mic and we work. I'm in my Ugg boots and a pair of old, uh, either Adidas or or um, or, or sweats and um, a sweatshirt and my hair up in a clip. She says that even though it wasn't an easy album to do, she is extremely happy with how the music came out. I'm really excited for people to hear it. It's perfect time, she said. When asked what exactly people can es- expect from the album, Sher replied with saying, It's not what you think of when you think ABBA, because I did it in a different way. But exactly how did she put her personal touch on the songs? Well, first of all, everyone said don't do it. Don't do Mamma Mia, don't do um, Waterloo. It's too, you know, those songs are just too done and too associated and you stay away from them. So, of course, that's the first thing I did. It's such, a, it's such a teenager song. And so I just became a teenager. It's like if you listen to the lyrics, it's like being a teenager. So you have to kind of just let yourself be that. And, and also Waterloo, too. They're like teenage songs. So you've got to be able to access that, you know? And I'm immature, so it was easy. Fans went crazy when Sher released a teaser of the album's first single, Gimme Gimme Gimme, A Man After Midnight, on her Twitter account during August. Now, the song was first digitally released on the following day, and it peaked at number 5 on the Hot Dance Club Songs chart. The second single, SOS, was digitally released later the same month. To promote the song and the album, Sher performed on the Ellen DeGeneres show in September, followed a few days later by the music video. Like most of the tracks on the album, she had a very different approach to SOS. I approached it more afterwards. I gave it much more attention afterwards because I started listening to it because they're going to release it. So I started to listen to it from a, is this good enough? How is this? Is it, 
is it fun? Because that's what we were talking about is putting out something, another song that was kind of fun. And then, because you know, the beginning starts off kind of low and not too up and then SOS comes in. But I thought, yeah, this is, I like this, it's good. I think this could be something that people could like. But you know, I don't make approaches to songs really. I just go to the microphone and see what comes out. And I know that like, it's like with acting, you get the words and then you say the words and you, and you try to be honest. And, and what comes out you hope is honest work. And that's how I approach singing. I don't, tr- I don't have a style. It's just, you do, you do things. I mean, it's like when I tell you I wasn't planning this album, it's a surprise to me that I just thought, I'll just do this. Speaking about Chiquitita, one of the other tracks on the album, she says. The story is about this one woman that's telling her friend that, you know, I'm the person that is here for you and I know you're going through a hard time. It's a really, you know, it's a woman's song that you understand if you've ever had a best friend. So, so that wasn't hard at all. It was hard to get it perfect, but it wasn't hard to do it. The album almost instantly became a commercial success when it was released at the end of September, debuting at number three on the US Billboard 200 with sales of 153,000 copies within the first week. Dancing Queen also debuted at number one on the US Top Album Sales Chart, making its first first number one album on that chart. Critics met its release with acclaim. Gay Star News gave the album a positive review saying, Dancing Queen is about fun entertainment, dizzy abandonment, and she knows how to please a crowd, while also acknowledging the desires of her own diehard fans. Nick Levine from Gay Times praised Sher's vocals, calling them glorious, still rich, and wonderfully androgynous sounding, and pointing out that they drive each song from beginning to the end. One last question remains while talking about driving, and... uh, I wonder, does she sing in the car? And if so, why does she sing? Pretty much everybody knows on Twitter that I'm not a huge Cher fan. It's like, I wouldn't, like, if I was in the car, I certainly wouldn't put on Cher. You know, I'd put on Springsteen or the Eagles or some other old, or Adele, you know. Mostly I I would sing with Springsteen. (laughs) Also, because my voice is so low, it's hard to sing with girls. You know, I have like Paul McCartney and Springsteen and I have the same range. So are those the next cover albums? No. (laughs) No. But you're not far off. Can you give a hint? Not even. That's as far as as I go. In support of the Dancing Queen album, the 72-year-old gay icon is now embarking on the Here We Go Again tour. It's the first time that she will be touring Oceania since her living proofed farewell tour in 2005. The tour started on September 21 this year and will finish on May 18 next year. KSA Radio, where you are family, I'm Rian and that was Sher sharing some of her behind the scenes stories about her new ABBA covers album called Dancing Queen.